huge news, years in the making, my brand new book that my publishers refuse to publish, Money Matrix. Beat the money system and build generational wealth. Understand the three main ways that the banks productize you and make money from you. You'll be able to turn that system against itself, build generational wealth and multiple streams of recurring income. It's all at moneymatrix.cash. And if you're quick, the first few hundred registrants and buyers will receive many special bonuses from me. The brand new Moneymaker Summit three-day special event. Meet me at a champagne reception. Meet me at a multi-millionaire networking dinner. Go now, moneymatrix.cash. This is huge. The reason I'm not afraid is because I don't see any other choice. If you refuse to fight in a war, you don't eliminate wars. You only eliminate yourself. One of the most viral pieces of content on the internet was when Andrew Tate told me he thought he may be assassinated. For more than a year, Andrew Tate has told me personally he wants to share what's really gone on, but he's been silenced because of his imprisonment and because of his lawyers. Until now. This is the first podcast Andrew Tate has done in a long time, and he gave me this exclusive. I committed to not asking him a single question you have yet heard before. This content is so wild, we had to break it down into two parts. Five hours of me interrogating Andrew Tate. Before I tell you the wild discussions we had, I'm giving away £30,000 worth of exclusive prizes just for listening to both parts of this Andrew Tate launch. I'm giving away my first ever Rolex, which is dear to me, or the cash equivalent. I'm giving away a shadow mentoring day where I'll take you out of my supercars, I'll give you some mentoring, and I'll take you to a one-star Michelin lunch. I'm also giving away 20 silver coins. All you have to do is find the secret question hidden in these two episodes. Oh, and by the way, when you know, you will know. So in this episode, you see the most unleashed and exposed Andrew Tate. He shares shocking details about his arrest, his imprisonment, and what he calls the Matrix attack that he has never shared before. He opens up about what he calls his last life and shares the things that he believes could get him assassinated. We discuss female superiority, the update on the attack on masculinity. We talk about his 11 wives, his 59 supercar collection worth $75 million. I grill him on if he really is a billionaire, and he exposes the bribes in the police to turn women against him. And he predicts when he believes he'll go back to jail. Strap yourself in, because this is one hell of a ride. And remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Andrew, do you think you'll still be assassinated? That's a very good question. So I have to decide how I'm going to answer this, because every time I'm asked a question as a consummate professional, I think of about five different answers. Firstly, the first answer I'll give is that they've already attempted to assassinate me, digitally at least, and my character. That's clear. This whole Matrix attack, the point of it was to digitally assassinate me and destroy my influence. If they accused me of tax evasion or money laundering, nobody would care. So they accuse you of a sex crime. It's not just me. Russell Brand, they got Tucker Carlson, they're after. It's a standardized playbook by the Matrix because they want to prove to the world you're a very bad person. And there's always people out there who are so stupid that they're going to sit and go, ah, the 85th time this has happened, he's a bad person, and they're going to believe it. What's very interesting about it is not only do they believe it, they also conveniently forget about all the actual sex criminals which work inside of the mainstream media and work for the establishment because they're only mentioned for a day and then they're put away. Whereas people like me, they'll mention that I am a human trafficker every single day for a year and a half. They have not stopped. When Hugh Edwards sends a picture of his ass somewhere, that's gone in 24 hours. Or Schofield. The first question they ask him, how do you feel? Are you okay? Bro, 
If you work for the establishment, they protect you. If you work against them, they, they attempt to digitally assassinate you. So they've already attempted to assassinate me and my character. That's the first thing. The second way I'll answer that question is, there was a time I was public enemy number one. And I now feel like I'm public enemy number seven. And I think that's because of the election coming up. I'm actually not that overtly political. I think it's pretty clear what my politics are and my overall stance on how the world should be viewed and masculinity as a whole is something they fear. But I'm not directly political. And I feel like because it's an election cycle and election year, there's certain other people they might want to put a bullet in first. And you know the age old adage, you don't have to be the fastest person running from the bear, you just have to be faster than the slowest one. So I feel like perhaps they won't assassinate me this year. Are they trying to put me in jail? For sure, which I guess is another form of assassination. I mean, what's the, what's the point of being alive if you're in a cell with cockroaches? And that's done through liberal, liberally funded NGOs and media machine. So for me to answer the question <laughs> as a whole, they've already attempted to assassinate me, my character. They're still attempting to assassinate me, put me in jail. Will they put a bullet in me? Maybe next year. But for this year, I should be able to drive my Ferrari, so I bought a couple new ones and we'll be okay. Yeah, because when I first met you, we did the first episode, you talked through the three stages. Yep. Um, Cancelling yep. in the media, yep. imprisonment, yep. and that was about three weeks before you went to prison. That's right. Fuck. I'm on my last life. Yeah. Yeah. Does like that not, you're, you're smiling. Does that not scare the shit out of you? It does, because it's, you know, you're on a video game and you're on your last life and you really have to pull it off. And I guess it is scary, but then you have to sit and realize that if you're, am I afraid? The reason I'm not afraid is because I don't see any other choice. I don't see the point in being afraid because I don't see any other option. If you refuse to fight in a war, you don't eliminate wars. You only eliminate yourself. If you have an opponent who is set on attempting to destroy you and you say, well, I don't want to fight, that doesn't make the, the war go away. That just makes you go away. And they're coming for all of us. They're not just coming for me. I'm just in... Who's I'm just, all of us? They're coming for any single person who has a degree of sovereignty about their mindset. They're coming for anyone who refuses to believe the slave programming, for anyone who wants to have a happy family and a good life, for anyone with any degree of masculine imperative, for anyone who has a degree of individualism. They're coming for all of us and they're trying to make us all slaves. And I have a massive influence, yes, so I'm a primary target, but they're not just coming for me, they're coming for absolutely everybody else. And I don't see why it would be prudent for me to sit and say, oh, well, they might kill me if I continue to talk, so I'll just shut up. And then maybe they'll kill me later, along with everybody else. I think I'll feel happier in myself knowing that, no, I went down guns blazing. And I think it's pretty obvious now to anyone with a brain what their agenda is. Their agenda is mass surveillance, firstly, because that's how they make money nowadays, via surveillance. Capitalism and surveillance have gone hand in hand. That's the first thing. And second, by extension, is mass slavery. And I, I know that's coming. So am I afraid? It's kind of like, are you afraid of being struck by lightning if you go outside? What can you do about it? Mm. You know, I guess my option is I could take all my money and disappear and shut up. But the war is certain and it's coming for us all anyway. And I've said this on other podcasts, but it's, it's true. You either fight against this garbage they're trying to inject into everybody's minds and you're at war against them. Or you believe all the garbage they tell you and you're at war against yourself. If you believe the crap they want you to believe, you're depressed, unhappy, sad, miserable, lonely. So what's the choices? You're, you're going to fight something. I'd rather fight my enemies than fight myself. So yeah, I'm on my last life, and uh, I would never kill myself, and I smile every day. It is what it is. I'm very proud to say this episode is sponsored by AG1. As you know, we're more than 1,000 episodes into Disruptors, and I very rarely have sponsors. I'm really choosy on sponsors, and I only pick people that I love myself 
and I use myself. I have turned down loads of sponsors, but personally, I've been using AG1 for nearly 14 years myself before we ever did a sponsorship deal with them. For me, AG1 really helps with my mental focus, clarity, and overall well-being. As someone who's really freaking busy and can't always sit down and eat a million vegetables in a day, knocking back a big pint full of AG1 in the morning is perfect for me. Of course, health is wealth, and I'm in my mid-40s, I'm realizing that more and more. So if you'd like to try AG1 yourself with a special exclusive offer that I have for you right now, go to drinkag1.com forward slash disruptors. That's drinkag1.com forward slash disruptors and get a free year supply of vitamin D3, K2 and five travel packs with your first purchase on me. So one more time, that's drinkag1.com forward slash disruptors. AG1, thanks for sponsoring the show. You are legends. And do you say I would never kill myself just for the record in case, like other famous people we hear of you hanging from a bed? Well, yeah, I mean, when I was in jail, there was, I think there was three or four suicides in the first couple of weeks. And were they suicides? I believe so, but it was making me very nervous. I was like, are they setting up a pattern here? Suicides. <laughs> I'm like suicide. Yeah, it, it's scary. You that know? is so, scary. Yeah, it is scary. So I have to make it very clear. And I also think another reason I'm so happy, despite the fact I feel like I'm a public enemy, is because being happy angers these people. My only weapon against all of these people and all this garbage is to smile. There are people sitting in a dark room right now. There are people in a room right now, as we speak, full-grown adults, professionals, trying to put me in jail. There are teams. There's a prosecutor and his underlings sitting there analyzing my entire life, every message I've ever sent, everywhere I've ever been, and what I've ever spoken to, ever, as we speak, trying to put me back in a dungeon. At the same time, there are people sitting around trying to cancel me, get me off the internet, make sure I have no influence, no work. They're sitting there. They've frozen all my bank accounts. They've taken almost 20% of my car collection, almost. They've put me in jail, and they've done all this to me, and they're sitting there trying to attack me, and I smile. That's my weapon. <laughs> That's my weapon. Take me to fucking jail. I don't care. And, and that resilience is how I fight against them because I believe this is a spiritual war more than anything else. The reason they're trying to attack me is because I'm seen as a hero to so many young boys. And that inspires bravery in the young boys. So when they come along and say to the young boys, put a mask on, take their injection, they're going to say, talk to you, doesn't No. So they're trying to kill the hero. So I can't allow them to make me sad or miserable or depressed. I refuse. I refuse. I will smile in my jail cell. I refute and refuse to be afraid or scared or depressed. Happiness wins. Love wins. I'm happy. Shoot me. I'll smile. If they were to come and put a gun in my face and say, time's up, I'd say, I knew you fuckers were gonna bang. That's the weapon. What mm. else am I supposed to do? Mm. Are you still having nightmares? My nightmares are gone. And you know what? I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be very open about this. I'm genuinely sad about that. Sad about what? My nightmares leave. Right. Because it was a new level to the game of life, I guess new experience it was interesting it was kind of fun you know like before i go to sleep in jail i had the, there's my my room i'm glad i went to jail in the winter i guess it'd be a lot worse in the summer but there was a really bad infestation of cockroaches and they were always in in the blankets and uh when you slept you got warm so they'd all like all the insects and bed bugs and everything would try and attract you so you'd, you'd wrap up and put your trousers in your socks and i had like a pillowcase i put over my head to stop from getting in my mouth and like there's insects everywhere yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm a celebrity. They're all over the, the ceiling. Fuck. And uh, for a while before I go to bed at home, I'm kind of like looking in my covers yeah. for, for insects and stuff. And I catch myself doing it going, this is, this is unique. 
You know, before I go to bed, I have to I check all my stuff and then I get in bed and I'm not relaxed and I think there might be something crawling on me and then I go to sleep and I wake up in a panic. But the whole thing to me was almost very, I was almost observing it in the third person. Mm. I was almost like, oh, cool. This is something I've never done before and I got a lot of training done. I mean. Well, because you couldn't fucking sleep. Because I couldn't sleep, yeah. So I was like, <laughs> all right, let me just go bench press another 20,000 kilo. Yeah. Uh, because I'm not one to waste time. I mean. I certainly got a lot of my life in order. And I think the reason I miss it now is because I sleep five or six hours a night now. But back then, three, two, three hours max, I got tons done. I made a bunch of money. My training was on oh, schedule. Were you able to have your phone in there then and do work? No, no, this is my, it's funny because I didn't have nightmares in jail. Right. In jail, I slept, yeah. as weird as it is. I had nightmares when I left jail right. and thought I might go back any yeah, minute. Yeah. And so I still might go back any minute. But now I'm like, oh, whatever. But when I, for the first three or four months when I was out of jail, when I was having very bad nightmares at home, I was remarkably efficient. I kind of, of miss, yeah, I got loads, I got loads done. Um, so I kind of missed them and I missed that whole, it was a, it was a different way to live. It was a different level to the game. And I think a lot of people would be like, oh no, I'm having nightmares. I have to make them go away. Why? Nightmares aren't real. Why would I have to make them go away? Gen this is a genuine question. Because I'm sure a therapist or some other matrix-minded idiot would tell me how important it is they're gone. But I didn't understand why. A nightmare can't hurt me. Okay, I woke up. Boo-hoo! I woke up. <laughs> Boo! Well, let's all cry our eyes out. I woke up. No, just go train. I think the... the I, my nightmares didn't bother me that much. I'm kind of sad they're gone. The women who would sleep next to me, it pissed them off. I was like, you never sleep. I was like, yeah, I can't. <laughs> They'd just be lazy sleeping 12 hours and I'd be up doing this, doing this. So I kind of miss my nightmares. Unfortunately, they're gone, but perhaps God will give me another experience which brings them back to me and then I will enjoy them once again. Are you hard on yourself? Like I'm not, I don't pick up much sympathy about anything from you. I don't know you really well, so maybe a judgment from where I'm sitting, but are you hard on yourself and do you sometimes lack sympathy or self-love? Am I hard on myself? Yes. Does that benefit me? I believe so. I'm hard on myself because life is hard. I think the only... But could be life be easier if you thought life was easy? Because isn't life what you see, not what it is? What's the point in having an easy life? Why would I want an easy life? If someone were to say to me, do you want an easy life? I'd say, that sounds boring. I mean, did Genghis Khan want an easy life? Did Alexander the Great want an easy life? Did any of the men you can remember from history, any of the ones that actually matter, ever want an easy life? If I meet a man and he says, I want an easy life, I just want a stress-free life, I look at him and think, you're born to lose. You're born to lose, sir. You can have your stress-free life and you can serve me my latte and you can fuck off because you're, you're not made to, it, life is war and it's going to be stressful. And there's life no isn't way. always war. Of course it is. Life is war. Every single aspect of life is war. Not losing your temper in traffic on your way to a podcast is war. Trying to get a girl that the other guy wants is war. Trying to buy a Ferrari that everybody else can't afford is war. Training is war. Fighting is war. Life is war. I, I see war everywhere. When I see a big, beautiful oak tree, I don't see a big, beautiful oak tree. I see a tree that destroyed all the saplings around it and crushed them mercilessly. It's war. Life is war. So that's how I view it. I guess the only disadvantage of being so hard on myself, because I don't see any disadvantages, because I have zero self-sympathy. I blame myself for absolutely everything. Even this matrix attack. I want to make it very clear. I'm not looking for sympathy on any level. I'm not an idiot. I ran my mouth on the internet for a very long time. I pissed off very important, powerful people. And they, and they put me in a jail cell. I sat there in jail like, well, I'm here for the wrong reasons, but all in all, the fair, fair enough. The universe is giving me I mean, what I, I gave it. You know, you, you run your mouth and you piss people off. They're gonna try and teach you a lesson. That's how the world works. Like, I'm not gonna sit there and feel sorry for myself. 
I guess the only disadvantage of being so hard on myself is that I'm extremely hard on others. And some people find me difficult to deal with for that reason. They'll be like, oh, I'm struggling with this. I'm like, I do not give a fuck. It has to be done at this time. Oh yeah, but, 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 I don't care. You will lose your job if it's not done at this time. That's the bottom line. And I guess I can be ruthless, but why would I have sympathy for somebody else I don't have for myself? If I'm gonna be so strict on myself, why would I, why would I allow sympathy for others? If I know I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna hold them to my standard, no? So I guess to a degree I can be, I can come across as unempathetic to others, I guess. But um, at least I'm not a hypocrite, mm. you know? Mm. And I also like to believe that because I lead from the front, I'm not a armchair general, I'm suffering myself. So if I'm gonna suffer and I'm gonna perform and I'm gonna get everything I need to do done, then I expect absolutely the same from everybody around me or they're not gonna be around me anymore. So am I hard on myself? Yes. Will that change? No. Life is war, life is hard, you're supposed to be hard on yourself. Perhaps most men would benefit from being a lot harder on themselves. I think I see a lot of men coming up with a lot of excuses for permanent failure. I see it all the time. Why? I can't pay my bills, today. okay, cool, why? Oh, you know, because it's hard, it's all just sympathy bullshit. I don't, I don't want to hear it, it's garbage. It's hard, it's hard for everybody and you're gonna have to just be harder on yourself and pull it off. Or fail, and don't talk to me. I, I, bro, it's, it's, I don't know what to say. I don't want to come across as a psychopath, but <laughs> it's like life is difficult. And also, I mean, we all, we all know that everyone, there's always someone who has it worse, but that's, that's true. I mean, we're in Romania. You can drive five hours to the border and you'll find men in a ditch getting blown apart by drones. You're crying over what? A bitch left you? A girl left you? Some chick who doesn't love you anymore? And you're, and you're not going to do your work because of it? Well, then you're just born to lose. Why do you call women bitches and hoes? I don't call them hoes. I say a bitch left you, and I say it because if a man's talking about his womanly, I guess it's a detrimental way, because he's obviously mad at her. Or I don't, her. yeah, I don't, I'm actually going to make this clear. I no longer prescribe to the asinine, the parameters of, of these attack words they use. These words like misogynistic and homophobic and racist. All these words are just an Wep attack vector. They're weapons. They're weapons. Yeah. And they're weaponized so that you don't have an opinion on certain subjects. I have opinions on females, and I have opinions on males. I have opinions on cats and dogs and the rain and the sunshine. <laughs> I have opinions on certain things, and some of them are generalized. I believe, in general, men should go and die in a war. Do I hate men? Because I think they should be blown apart. I also believe women can't park cars very well. Shoot me, put me in jail, put me back with the cockroaches. Oh no, he said it. These are my observations I've come through through my life. The number of times I've seen a woman struggling to parallel park, I can't even imagine. I can't even And someone can come to me and say, oh, but the insurance statistics, that don't care about matrix statistics, uninterested. I have seen with my own eyes their failures at parallel parking. That's my belief. Am I a misogynist? No. Do I hate them? No. It's just an observation I have. And this whole word is weaponized anyway. So I no longer prescribe to these parameters. It's all asininities, which I no longer prescribe to. I have opinions on everything and everyone. We say that, oh, I call, you say, why do you call women bitches? I just call men dickheads. I, I just said, you're a loser. I just called men losers. Mm -hmm. Nobody cares. Nobody cares when I call men losers or brokies. But if I say some woman who breaks a man's heart, oh, she's evil. Oh, then I'm a misogynist. They are a protected class. And I don't think it should be that way. I think that if we're going to live in a society where women are equal to men, which is fine, and they're going to be held, then they should be held to the same standards men are. Do you think women are equal? In certain respects, women are superior to men but I think we're very different. There are certain areas in which a woman will outperform a man and there are certain areas in which a man will outperform a woman. That makes me a misogynist by modern standards because you can't mention the areas in which a man will outperform a woman. 
But women are definitely better than men at a lot of things. Right. Would you drop your child off at an all-male daycare? <laughs> I have a three-year-old daughter. Would you leave her with 20 men all day? No. <laughs> they'd be dead by the afternoon. Well, that, well, that, yes. well, well, then you believe in gender roles. Why yeah. do you believe in gender roles? Well, yeah, I believe women are better, better at certain things and men are better at certain things. Absolutely. Naturally, biologically. Absolutely. So evolutionarily. That, completely. So, so there you go. So now you believe in gender roles, which is the number one thing they hate the most. So when I say there's gender roles and a man should leave because a man is calmer under pressure, then they have a mental breakdown. But, but we have roles in which we perform our best, right? Yeah. And, I think, and I think that everybody with a functioning brain doesn't get offended by that obvious reality, knows it's true. There are certain scenarios where a man will perform better than a woman and certain scenarios where a woman will perform better than a man. And we exist best as a species when the woman does what she's best at and the man does what he's best at. If you have a tailor and an accountant and they want to open a company together, well, that company will be most successful if the tailor makes the clothes and the accountant does the accounting. It's not going to do very well if you try and mix it up or they start arguing with each other saying, I can be an accountant just as well as you can. And the accountant's like, well, I can make a shirt. Now what? You have a mess, and then they fail. And that's what's happening right now in Western society. Why can our countries no longer compete by basically any metric? Well, because everything's a mess. And it's, you go deeper down the rabbit hole, you ask yourself, are they trying to make this mess on purpose? And then you work out they are. Then you work out who they are, and all these liberally funded NGOs, and why they're doing it, and how they're trying to make us all slaves by destroying masculinity. The first thing you have to do if you want to enslave a populace is destroy the people who defend the population, which are always going to be the men, because the men fight. The days of old, they'd come in and just kill all the military-age males. Now they just neuter us. Then you have me. When you say neuter us, you mean remove our masculinity. Absolutely, yeah, they neuter us. We're now, li we're now living in a world where if a man is, remar is remotely masculine in any way, he's attacked for it. If I say my wife isn't allowed to talk to other men, mental breakdowns, they're about to put me on BBC One this morning, all over the front of the Guardian, whoever watches this crap. Andrew Tate is toxically masculine, he's controlling, he's evil in his heart. Why? Because my woman's not allowed to go party with a bunch of dudes? One, she doesn't want to. That's the first thing. She doesn't want to. Secondly, if I had a wife and she said, I want to go party with Mike and Nathan, I'd be like, who, who, whoa, whoa, who, who's Mike and who's Nathan? <laughs> no, you're not. And if she says, well, I'm going to do it, I'll say, fine, then, you, then I'm not your husband. Goodbye. I'm not gonna attack her, I'm not gonna beat her up, but I have standards. Once again, they attack masculinity because masculinity is based on parameters and standards. That's what masculinity is. Masculinity has always been, traditionally, defending a border. Let's go back a couple thousand years. What did the men do? This is our land. You come here, you have to fight us. That's all masculinity ever was. So we're, masculinity in and of itself is built around enforcing parameters. And you enforce parameters with your children, in your business, in your relationship, in your, in your friendships, that's what you do as a man, but you're not allowed to now. That's how they attack masculinity. No, you have to accept everything, especially from women. If you don't accept everything from women all of the time, you're a misogynist. If you have any standards whatsoever, you're a bad person. You're not even allowed standards in how a woman looks. Here, let me get some back to jail. I don't find fat women attractive. If a woman says, I don't find short men attractive, who cares? Nobody. If I say fat women aren't attractive, they're about to put me once again, good morning, fat shaming, t t misogynistic, that they're gonna attack me for having a standard. Why am I not allowed a standard as a man? They have standards. In fact, I'd argue women have higher standards than anyone. Ask the average woman on the street what she wants in a man. The average woman. 
I don't want him to be short. I want him to be rich. I want him to be smart. I want him to be interesting, charismatic. He has to be spontaneous, and he has to love my family, and he has to love my dog. And then she'll go on for 25 minutes about what she wants. All I'm saying is put the donuts down, and they want to throw me back in jail. All I'm saying is don't eat so much pie. Whole thing is hypocritical, and it's garbage. And that's why this whole misogynistic attack is garbage. And they're doing it specifically so that men don't have any standards anymore. And that's why they're trying to neuter us. Because if you have standards, especially in your household, the number one thing that's going to inspire you to resistance is sticking up for defending your family. By extension, your town. By extension, your nation. If they attack it at the nucleus, uh, if they attack it at the very beginning, if you don't feel like a man in your own house, if you have no control and influence over your own castle, why do you care about what happens to your town? or your city, or your country. And then they come along with this enslavement, and you're just like, oh, well, okay, I guess. And you just sit there and just end up a slave, waiting for the QR code to be stamped on your head, for the camera to detect if you're allowed to walk down that street, or you get fucking a bullet in your head from the, the robot sniper. That's where it's all going. So they don't like masculinity. Masculinity is no good to them. Masculinity was only good to them if we'd go and die in wars. And now a lot of men have woken up to that stupid. We're not going to do that anymore. And they've made enough, they've got good enough technology, they can just send some planes or some cruise missiles and blow up whatever farmer needs to die for freedom. Some poor innocent farmer who made $3 his entire life, he needs to be blown apart by a $600,000 missile, otherwise you won't be free to get a coffee. So they're going to go do that. So what do they need masculinity for? Because we have parameters. They don't want us to have parameters. They want us to accept everything. And they start it with this feminism garbage. It's really interesting because I would argue, and I'm pretty good at arguing, <laughs> I've been around. <laughs> I've been around. Has ever, anyone ever beaten you in an argument? No, never. Could I, anyone? Uh, it depends what we're arguing about, but I, I believe that I can argue even when I know I'm wrong. Who, who could beat you in an argument? Who could challenge you to a, a great argument? It's a good question. It depends on the subject. I'm not that impressed by any of these intellectuals we see. So Jordan Peterson, could, could he out-argue you? Peterson and I have an interesting relationship. I, I believe the enemy of my enemy is my friend. However, I do believe he's a hypocrite. I think it's very difficult to sit and talk about mental rigidity and how you should be a man who is unafraid of the horrors of the world and then end up addicted to antidepressants. I think that's hypocritical, personally. Mm. He also talks very slowly, which is why he would always lose in an argument to me, because he's too slow and I'm very fast. Mm. Speed wins. Trust me, I've been in the cage. I know. Mm. So, And he knows that. So he would never want to debate me. But I guess it depends what we're talking about. If he wants to talk about the intricacies of some old philosopher, some book he's read, I've never read the book. Maybe he could perhaps pull off a semi-interesting point. But then I also believe, I'm quick fire, bro. I'll tear him apart. That's no big deal. But, yeah. What about Elon Musk? Did you see him rinse that um, journalist on I'm, the BBC? He, amazing. That was fucking genius. It was amazing. And, 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 and it's amazing also how I like to believe I've been a huge component or a very important point, a very important part of the Matrix cracking. Because I do think it's actually cracking now. Only the very stupid believe anything the MSM says anymore. Anyone with a brain has woke up and realized that everything is a lie. Everything is a lie. Education's a lie. Judicial system's a lie. The news is a lie. Money's a lie. Everything's a lie. Everything you were taught in education was a lie. All of it. And anyone with a brain is starting to realize that now. The interdynamics between men and women against a lie. We can go back to the original point of talking about men and women. And it's always the thing that gets me in trouble, but it's true. And when I was going to say I'll argue the point, I'll argue the point that 80% of women agree with me. I've never had a negative interaction with a female ever. 
Every single woman who comes up never. to me, never ever, besides Lucy from the BBC, every single woman who comes up to me on the street says, finally, but you're you telling must, the truth. You must have had an ex that doesn't like you. No, they all miss me. My <laughs> they all. <laughs> they scroll Instagram, seeing my face endlessly, like, ah, how do I get him back? No. Really, though, we've all been hurt. We've all it's watched. not about being hurt. I'm talking about the fact they try and paint this image of me being disliked by women, and I've never experienced it at all. I get thousands of love letters a week, thousands from women all around the world begging to be with me. It's, it's the truth. And all I do is say the absolute truth. So once again, we talk about lies. Not only are they lying trying to pretend I'm an enemy of females, which I'm not, they also lie about how men and women into dynamics should work. They lie about that. They sit and say, no, to keep your woman happy, let her do whatever she wants and let her be basically in charge and let her run around and do whatever she likes and let her have male friends and buy her all this stuff. And that's not true. It doesn't work. And it's a psyop on many levels. I was talking to my brother yesterday where I was saying that I believe currently there's this global competition between women who have found themselves a simp of who can cuck their man the hardest on TikTok. <laughs> these fucking words crack me up. Bro, but it's true. No, but it, you see these women, they're like, I found my perfect man and he bought me all the, they run around with their phone. Yeah. He bought me all these Louis Vuitton bags and he bought me this car and I'm out now with my girlies for coffee with my allowance and he's going to give me a $3 million wedding and I'm going to wear a white dress. And that, she's just advertising the subservience of her man. She's just saying, my man's a slave. He's a simp because twice a month he might get lucky. And I'm going to advertise to all the other women on TikTok how well I've got my slave behaving. I'm going to cuck him publicly. And it's like a big global competition. <laughs> and I see these TikToks of this insanity and I'm like, I'm a billionaire and my woman, yeah, she's looked after, of course, but if she was running around making TikToks like this, I'd be like, you better delete that account or get a fucking job. <laughs> I think they're hiring over at McDonald's, young lady. You want to go, you want to go buy $10,000 bags and talk about that. But, and that's, she's not doing that to show appreciation to her man. Absolutely not. She's doing it to show status to other women. She's showing off. And the worst thing about it is people will have her convinced or the world will have you convinced that that woman's now happy with her man. She isn't. She doesn't respect him, which means she's miserable anyway, which is why she's so obsessed with money and cars and garbage, because she's miserable. If a woman really loves you, she doesn't even care about that stuff. So there's a global competition to cuck your man, and that's part of the, the psyop inside of the matrix, because they're trying to destroy the idea of interpersonal dynamics, because that's where happy families come from, which, comes, which inspires resistance. A woman's happy when she has a man she truly looks, looks up to and truly respects. She's not going to respect you if you're, if you're a bank. Take it from a very rich man. If you're nothing but a bank, she ain't gonna respect you. If she respects you and gets rewarded and gets presents and is taken care of, of course. But if you are simply a bank account to her, she's not gonna respect you. Why do these rich men's wives sleep with the gardener? It's the gardener. <laughs> He's broke as a joke. Because they don't respect you. So all of this is part of the larger psyop. And a lot of women come up to me and, and, and sing my praises. Maybe well, 80% of the fan mail I receive is from women. What does that do to your ego? Like, does it give you a god complex? Do I have an ego? Of course you fucking have an ego. Of course I do, yeah. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Yeah. Top G. You know what's actually kind of cool? The, the only thing that's kind of cool about it is, if I, if I want to go on a date, let's say, and I don't, because I've settled down now. I've got my wives and I've settled down. I found, you know, 11 good ones and I'm done. I'm a loyal man. But let's say, uh, let's say I wanted to go on a date. It's kind of cool because... I remember days of old where like you'd have to go on a date and you'd have to sit and like talk and be interesting. 
You know, you'd have to be like, oh, so tell me again about your job. What do you do? Oh, marketing. Wow, that must be hard. That's definitely not a diversity hire. Tell me more about uh, what do you do? Three emails a day. Interesting. So you have to sit there and talk crap. It's kind of cool when you get to this level because you have all these women just saying, you're the king of the world, you're the king of the world, and they know everything about you. So if you want to go on a date, you just scroll through the pictures and go, okay, you, this time, this place, boom. And they'll show up and you'll just sit there and I'll usually come with the guys because we'll be doing something else. I'll just bring them along by proxy. Like, oh yeah, we've got a poker game. So you just, nice to meet you. Okay. But you wouldn't, wouldn't you be interested in more about the woman, just the way they look on the Instagram? My, my, my point is they, they know everything about me already and they're already in love with me. So I don't have to talk to them unless I want to. So you want to talk to them? Sometimes. Sometimes I don't. But it's kind of cool. It's just like... Is that it's not done. Too, it's that, already, it's all done. Is that not too easy? That's not war for you. Maybe you need to really fight for a woman, have a war, and then appreciate her more. I have enough war. The last thing I need But you war. said everything is war. It Life is. is war. It is. You're right. So but, women are too easy for you. Well, that, exactly. So, so I've retired. It's conquered. It's done. <laughs> it's done. It's done. It's done. There's not a woman alive I couldn't say, you know what, you're beautiful this time, this place. And she wouldn't show up. And I'd be like, okay, hi. My very, wife nice, very nice to meet you. My wife wouldn't. Good. And because we've had this because we've had fucking hours of conversations of me coming out here. because she's in love with you so she shouldn't right but my point is if i got to if i decided i wanted to court a female i would have choices and i wouldn't have to sit and date effectively mm. because you get to a certain level of status where they're just chasing you and that's fine and I'm, I'm not saying this in a in a horrible way at all in fact i actually really like it and i actually really respect when a woman will turn up and she knows everything about me and she likes me and she wants to be with me and it's all done it's a done deal good Nice to meet you, nice to meet you, done deal, boom, cool. And I just get to play poker with my friends and it's done. That's cool, but I've settled down. But, um... So were you being flippant when you said 11 wives, or have you got 11 wives? I, I can't let the Matrix know everything. Of course you can. No, because there are, there's always going to be. It's one. all attack vectors. Yeah, but I'm only I have to. Day. I have to. <laughs> I have to smoke screen because it's all attack vectors, and and the largest attack vector for a man will always be women. I don't know if most men understand this, that the easiest way to get a man in any regard is a woman because women have basically no opsec in general. To explain no opsec, sorry. They have no operational security. They have right. no opsec. So if my brother and I go somewhere. I know that unless I want people to know I'm there, no one will know I'm there. If we bring either of our girlfriends, sooner or later, Everyone just a corner of a cup on an Instagram story, or, or a piece she, of box. Or, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Do I get that one? Yeah, you that, can yeah, have yeah. that. <laughs> no, that's true. But they knew where I lived anyway. I didn't yeah. get raided for pizza. They knew exactly yeah. where I was. But women aren't very good at operational security, firstly. Secondly, women are easy to scare, as they should be. So yeah. if you need to, your woman can love you with all her heart. But if they want to find out where you are and they kidnap your wife, she's going to tell them. Of course she is. If the police interview her, she's going to tell them. Of course she is. Women are, women are the attack vector. And I'm talking about this from a law enforcement perspective. And I can also talk about it from my previous life. If I had an enemy and I wanted to get hold of him and I couldn't get hold of him or I couldn't find him, we just find his chick. She'll tell us. Or, or you at least watch her. Yeah. She'll give it up. Every single time she'll make a mistake. Because women don't have this combative mentality and i wouldn't want a woman no. who does because that's a man because that's a man and you don't so, want a man exactly you want a woman, want a woman. Yeah. so i'm not i'm not being misogynistic i'm saying that the kind of woman i like who's truly feminine who i'd want to be with is a primary target law enforcement know this too law law enforcement will arrest a man let's ima let's make up a hypothetical situation hypothetical let's imagine there's a guy called top t top t is arrested <laughs> top t is accused of human trafficking He's accused of human trafficking because he told two of his friends what hours to post on TikTok. Matrix attack, garbage. The law enforcement know it's garbage. Everybody knows it's garbage. The primary objective in this hypothetical story is to put the man in jail, use the media machine to slander him, 
and to drum up a real case. Because he's now in jail, they've got some months to find something real. Because all they have now is TikTok is stupid. So they call all of his ex-girlfriends or every girl he's ever interacted with. And they sit down and say, were you a victim of Andrew? And they say, a victim of what? He never did anything to me. He never hurt me. He never hit me. Ah, but did he manipulate you? What does that mean? Manipulate me to do what? He took me to dinner. What do you mean manipulate? Then what they do is they bring out a league table in this hypothetical scenario. They bring out literally a league table, a spreadsheet, after going through this imaginary person's bank accounts, saying, well, where did he take you for dinner? Here. Oh, where else did he take you? Here, here, here. Okay, that he spent maybe, I don't know, 8,000 euro on you. Do you know he bought this girl this? Do you know he spent this much on this girl? Do you know he went here with this girl? And he'll put together a league table with financials next to each name, almost like the Premier League. You're number 13. Watch her sit there and go, I loved him. I'm number 13. Why'd that bitch get diamonds? That's the beginning of the six-hour interview. And they'll pressure her and try and get her to agree to some manipulation or she was... Just because she was sad, they don't care if it's real. They just want the signature. So women are the attack vector. So if you're a man with any kind of past and they get their league tables in order and they get their stories in order and they got their surveillance photos of when you went to the same restaurant with the girl she doesn't like and they get it all together and they start putting it down in front of you, that woman who you took care of, who you spent time with, who was very happy with your interactions, who loved you, is now being weaponized against you. Women are the number one attack vector for a man, by law enforcement and by your enemies. If you're a man out here and you have, you're dating three or four women, please understand that if I was the police or if I wanted you dead, we would look at those three or four women and, re and work out how to use them against you. That's the bottom line. Does that, does that mean you fucking struggle to open up to women because of the threat of that? Are you close to them? I mean, I, I am, I'm cautious because so maybe you're not giving them the it's, full year. No, it's not that. I'm doing them a favor. <laughs> that, that line, I'm doing them a favor. I am. Yeah. I'll tell you why. <laughs> you take the average chick. But what, I'm, I'm asking about you, though. Yeah, I am. I'm talking yeah, about me. Yeah, yeah. Take the average chick and say, you are going to have to go through a six-hour interview with federal agencies, and you're going to have to not make a single mistake and not give away a single detail, and perhaps you're going to have to obscure or lie by omission, have to be very careful so they can't get any details of our relationship or our life so they can't destroy me. And it's gonna be six hours against professionals. You tell her that, she'll start to panic, right? She'll start to worry and she'll get nervous, which means she's gonna do even worse. It's better if she doesn't know anything to tell. I'm doing her a favor. When they sit down and say, how does, how does Andrew make money? She goes, you know what? I've been all around the world on private jets. I don't know. But does that not ruin your intimacy? Absolutely not. Why not? I'm protecting her. I'm protecting her because she no longer has to sit there and go, okay, I know he does this, this, and this. What if they ask me about this, this, and this? What if they already know? What if they had the... No. Can she, you doesn't, she doesn't know, so it's easy. Can you share anything about who you are? Of course. They know, they know who I am. The, know, I'm a man who takes care of my people, and I'm a man who never fails. I'm a man who's brutally competent. You ask any of my wives where my bank account is and which country, they couldn't tell you. And that's good for them. I'm protecting them. So now they haven't got a lie. I don't know. I don't know. I have a pretty dress on that he bought me, and I have no idea where it came from. And that's, that benefits them. Now, but does that not feel like you could get closer to a woman and really fall in more deeply in love? Or is I, that a weakness for you? No, it's not a weakness because a man falls in love. I believe a man shows love through one finance. I do believe you give a woman money if you love her because money is the time and energy that you put into the world. So I do believe that men show love via money. And I also believe we show love through protection. 
and which is what about connection? Is that a way com to show completely? Up? But yeah. I'm I'm going to connect with a woman I protect. If I don't protect a woman, I'm not going to connect with her naturally. Mm. If I have a woman who says I don't want your protection, and I don't want any of your rules, and I'm going to do whatever I want, but I'm going to connect with her. If I have a woman who I truly care about, I have to look at her and say, I want to protect you in all realms, from everything and everyone, have including ever, a police interview. Have you ever shown any weakness to a woman? Vulnerability? I've cried in front of a woman. No, I don't cry in general. But yeah, I, I, there, certainly women I've been with for a long time know what bothers me. Absolutely. And you're okay with that? Completely. But I'm saying that I'm not going to put her in a position where she needs to rely on her quick wit against a federal agency or her quick wit against mm. anybody else. I think that would be irresponsible for me as a man. Why would I do that? I think the most responsible thing I can do is, is to have my woman live a princess life and be taken care of and for us to be in love. And if she ever ends up under pressure, she defaults to the truth. Because people say women are fantastic liars. I'd argue the opposite. I think women are terrible liars. No woman's ever managed to lie to me. It takes three seconds to tear their lies apart. Three seconds. So women can't lie. So just sit there and tell the truth. And the truth is, I don't know. 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 And they just, I don't know their way through it. That's me being That's me being responsible. For the same reason I won't let my toddler put her finger in a plug socket, I'm not going to tell a woman where I do my banking. She doesn't need to know. And if she, for some reason, finds that detrimental to our connection, then I guess she's going to have to go find another famous billionaire, isn't she? <laughs> But she'll probably struggle because there's not many of us. So you, she's going to have to just deal with it. Are you really a billionaire though? Like really? Yes. I'll tell you why. Yeah. So let's, it's interesting because. Because I think you've turned over billions, but I don't think you've got a net worth of a billion. Well, how do you calculate net worth? Net worth is semi-subjective. Would you agree? Mm, assets minus liabilities. Okay. So we have assets minus liabilities, but then let's say your assets are companies or let's say your assets are a brand then it becomes subjective. Yeah, well, it becomes what someone will pay for it at the time if you sell it. Okay. Which so, isn't subjective in the moment. Oh, well, that's right. But I've never tried to sell my companies, but then... But a lot of people go, oh, my company's worth a billion. It's actually worth fuck all. Correct. You're completely right. So this is why I'm talking about how it's subjective. So then what you can do is you can go online and you can look at previously sold... Or multipliers. Multipliers, that's yeah. right. So let's say, let's say I had a tech company. Let's say I had an online educational platform that turned over $150 million a year at 80% profit. Let's say, mm -hmm. and let's say in, in the real world, let's say you did let's, have that. Let's say I had that. Yeah. Right. And then you would say, well, the standardized tech multiplier is six mm. or seven, especially with a margin like that. Well, that's a billion dollar company. But let's, it's not. It's not a personal billion dollar net worth. Well, it's a billion dollar company that's owned by me. Tristan has no share in it. Shares. Shares. You're thinking inside <laughs> the matrix. Shares. Shares. There's shmares. no share. Share shares. No one owns it on paper. It just exists. It's just there. If I needed, if I if I sold everything I own for the fair price, I would have a lot more than. So if you, you want to, if you want to talk about hard assets like real estate, cars, land. Let's do that. Let's let's do that then. How how much real estate have you got? The Matrix is after me. They tried. They they took everything from me. Decot took it all. You said to me everything. You told me to come to Romania and bring everything. But Decot took everything, of course. But I actually worked this. It's funny you asked me this question because my brother and I worked this out only a week and a half ago. We were like, if you know what you have, you ain't got much. What do we have? But surely you track your net worth every year. No. Why if I, not? Because if I want something. You cannot master what you do not measure. If I want something, I just buy it. <laughs> if I want a $5.4 million Pagani to go with a Pagani penthouse that costs $29 million, then I just buy both. I just buy them. Buy that. I just send a message sometimes to the important, to the competent authority. Purchase. And it's done. I have hundreds of millions of dollars of real estate. 
Right. But I'm not yeah. going to say where it is. I didn't ask you that. Though. Okay, I good. Yeah, I wouldn't ask you that. I have hundreds of millions of dollars of real estate. Well, no, sorry. Let me rephrase that. There is a company owned by a company owned by a trust fund owned by a company that has hundreds of millions of dollars of real estate, which I have access to. Okay. And um, how many cars do you currently have? 59? I think I bought another one yesterday. What was that? It was only a Huracan Technica, but it was the last one off of the production line. Yeah. So I thought I'll buy it. So what's the 59 cars worth? Well, let's try and work this out. I have a Rimac Nevera. Is that, that on order? No, it's finished. Right. It just needs collecting, but yeah. I'm on judicial control. I cannot leave. That's around 5 million. I have the Bugatti around 5 million. I have two, two Jamaras ordered. They were 5 million. I've got Jesco. That's 5 million. So that's five cars. We're already at 30 million. Why like two Jamaras? Because I spec'd it and I couldn't decide which color. Right. I, it was it was between the two, yeah. and I thought, well, I'm not a brokey. I'll just pop out. Right. What's the Koenigsegg process of buying? It must be a pain in the ass. Like, I guess it. Wait I, list all that. For the average man, perhaps, yeah. When you're Andrew Tate, when you look at what I've done for the Bugatti brand, think about it. Do they like you? Well, I don't know. Maybe they don't. Maybe it's a human trafficker or whatever. But I guarantee the word Bugatti has been said more in the last two years than it was ever said in its entire history. Yeah. If I say to Koenigsegg, I want Jamaras, they're like, yes, sir. So they like you? I, I think so. Yeah. Are there, um, are there any car brands that won't sell to you? No, of course not. Are there any watch brands that won't sell to of you? Of course not. Everyone loves me, Rob. This is a psyop. <laughs> There's a psyop that I'm some disliked person. Every single person likes me all of the time. I've never, I've yet to have That's a negative some, interaction. There well, must be one pissed off girlfriend, ex-girlfriend that doesn't like you. Well, no I'm, one is liked by everyone. Well, I'm sure Decoff tried very hard to find her. I mean, that was their job, right? We just discussed mm. their entire attack matrix. They, they interviewed 2,000 women who dislike me. And I'll say this also right here. I think this is, might be a world exclusive. I'll make this clear. My first file <coughs> is almost dead now because it's garbage. Decal have a second file that they've been working on for a very long time. So when I first got out of jail, when the judge released us from house arrest, the judge read the file and said, this is stupid, and released us from house arrest. That day, a new file was started and new interviews with girls began. So Decal have a second file. So if I continue to win, they're going to hit me again. I so this is your life, basically. Oh, yeah, completely, yeah. They're going to continue to hit me. Am I ever going to get out of Romania? I don't know. But they've been interviewing girls for that. Now, the girls I know who have gone have all called me after saying, these people are crazy. They were trying, they tried everything to get me to sign a victim paper, and I wouldn't sign it. Those are the girls who told me after they left, but those are the girls I have good relationships with. Did a girl go who I have forgotten about and sign a paper saying she's a victim of, I don't know, being bought too many nice dinners, and then... And then not call me after? And will I find out about that when they come and raid my house again and throw me back in a jail cell with a second file? Perhaps. But life is war. What can you do, my friend? I'm a 37-year-old man. I'm also exceptionally handsome. I have ex-girlfriends. That's life. And at my, at my echelon, they're going to attack you by the females you know. And I'll argue here, there's not a single 37-year-old man you can find on the planet that doesn't have a pissed-off ex-girlfriend somewhere. So... Yeah, do I? Probably. So, so probably. you accept your exes. Well, no, the, yeah. the point is that that's why this attack vector is so deadly. That's why it's so effective. If they sit a woman down, again, hypothetical scenario. Top T, one of his girlfriends gets called, goes to there, sits down. She calls him after and says, they were telling me that if I'm a victim, I get compensation from you when you're found guilty. If I'm a witness in your defense, I have to pay my own legal fees. And they were trying to tell me I need 100,000 euro to, to, to not be a victim, but I'll get paid money if I am a victim. Now that is a lie, but that's what the authority were telling these girls to try and get them to sign pieces of paper to try and destroy my life. Mm. In this second file, this imaginary second, top T's, imaginary scenario. Mm. 
So is that scary? Yeah. Do I have ex-girlfriends who are pissed off at me? Probably. Have they been found by authorities and tracked down and pressured into signing pieces of paper saying they're victims of God knows what? Maybe. You can go deeper down the rabbit hole. What is human trafficking? I was interested to talk about this all the time. We're like, okay, so we're accused of human trafficking because they're saying that we told girls to post on TikTok at certain times. So we controlled them via the lover boy method, which means we controlled them via being nice. So we were nice to people and nicely asked them to nicely post on TikTok to steal the money from TikTok, right? That's human trafficking. How is any boss of any company not a human trafficker? Do you nicely ask your staff to do something at a particular time? Sometimes I not very nicely ask them to do something. Well, you're in a lot of trouble, sir. Because <laughs> yeah. do you do that for financial gain? Of course I Is do. that person a woman? Sometimes. Jail! You have a penis, she has a vagina, you influenced her and manipulated her. She has no sovereignty at all over her own to, decision. You try no, to cancel me. Sir, yeah. you are a human. But this is the bullshit. It's complete bullshit. Yeah. So then you sit there and go, okay, well, how did I manipulate her? Well, because you're a man and she's a woman. Well, then you're a misogynist because you're saying women have no agency and can't make their own decisions. Why can't a woman say, I've decided I want to listen to this man as my boss and make money, or I've decided not to do as this man says? You're saying that women have no control over their own minds and every single thing a man says to them, they obey like slave robots. So you're a misogynist, you are calling women stupid. So why am I under attack for being a misogynist, for believing that a woman can work for a company and decide if she wants to do what she's supposed to do on time or not? How does that make me a misogynist? Are you fucking angry? I am amused. <laughs> I'm deeply amused. I am deeply amused by the state of this world. I think I'm, there's anger in there. Oh no, I'm an angry person mm. because anger is a fuel and that's how I get so much done. But I'm not angry in a negative sense. I actually think anger is a fantastic feeling to have. I would be worried about myself if I wasn't angry. I'm angry all the time, yes. But I was angry before all this garbage. But. I'm just gen I'm genuinely amused at the state of the world where we're going to have this hypocritical frame of society where women are perpetual victims and everything a man does to them wasn't their fault and every single decision they make was a man's fault at some point because five years ago they had sex with a guy which they now regret which is the man's fault it wasn't their decision and they're victims who should be protected and believed in all regards and if a man does anything to them he's a human trafficker at the same time they're fierce and independent and they're equal to men, in fact, better than men in, in everything. And we've put these two frames together at, in the same society and we're sitting here going, so if, if the truth is, if a woman can't be trusted to make her own decisions, she should be listening to her father, I, I guess. But they're saying, no, women don't listen to their fathers, they're independent, they can do what they want. Okay, well, she's independent, she can do what she wants. She decided to become a porn star, like Mia Khalifa did. And then when she regrets doing porn, she starts doing videos saying, my manager tricked me. That's what happened. If your manager can convince you to do porn- Wasn't three, she making hundreds of millions on OnlyFans as well? Oh, oh yeah, she's making hundreds so, of millions. So did he trick her into that? Of course he did. Yeah. So if your manager can trick you into having sex with 300 men for hundreds of millions of dollars over a period of six years, oops, then, per then perhaps you should do as your dad says. But at the same time, you think you're too smart to listen to your father. Which one is it? Like, <laughs> society needs to make its mind up. The whole thing is a joke. And all of it is done on purpose. And it's all done on purpose to deliberately attack masculinity. It's not safe to be a man anymore. You can't be a man and have normal relations with women in any regard without it being used against you if they so wish.
Every single man watching this podcast is guilty. You are all human traffickers. You're all manipulative. You're all controlling. You're all emotionally abusive. All of you can go to jail if you piss off the government enough. And they will find some girl who said, he emotionally coerced me because he wouldn't let me go drinking with a bunch of men. And he, I felt controlled. And she'll do a domestic violence report, even though you've never touched her, for controlling behavior. And they will drag you to a police interview and sit you down. They will then take your mobile phone. They'll go through your phone and find every other girl you've ever spoken to. See if they can get some other statements against you. They'll also find the time you sold your t-shirt on eBay and didn't pay taxes. And you, sir, are going to jail. All of you are guilty. If you are a man, you are guilty of everything all of the time. And this is done on purpose because if you're a man like me who stands up and tells the truth, they already know you're guilty. So they're like, oh, okay, he's guilty of something. Teach him a lesson. You're living in a state of society as a man now where you're all permanently, your head's on the chopping block. And the only way you can not have the guillotine come down and take it off is to be quiet and meek and not to talk too much. Don't tell the truth, no. When a dude walks into the woman's bathroom, a dude with a dick, a guy, you have to sit there and go, that's a strong, empowered woman. Yes, sir. Hi, uh, what's your pronouns? Otherwise, they're gonna chop your head off. <laughs> and when I sit there and say, excuse me, you do not have tits, sir, not real ones, they teach me a lesson. And that's the world we're living in now. And the crazy thing about it, crazy, truly crazy. <laughs> This is the crazy thing. I'm getting cramped. I'm no, but the crazy crap. thing is this. I say all of this, and 70% of people sit there and go, yeah, it's true. If you're a man, you're permanently guilty, and they, they keep it all over your head, and they try and make you scared to tell the truth because they'll punish you. There are still 30% of people out there who believe this shit. Andrew Tate became the most famous, most Googled man in the world speaking against government and authority. But they didn't put him in jail for that. They put him in jail because of TikTok, because he's a human trafficker. There are people that stupid. And these people get to vote. These people are usually the ones they put on the news. These people run the liberal NGOs. These people are teachers. These people are lawyers. People are police officers. You want to talk about how messed up society is. Sit me down with the average police officer and let me talk to him for five minutes and I'll prove to you conclusively that they are fucking stupid. All of them. And they're in charge of your life, these people. Give me the average primary school teacher on a Monday morning after she'd been drinking all weekend, sleeping with God knows who. And let's sit her down and see who's educating our children. Whole world's a mess. And these people sit there and go, yeah, he's a human trafficker. I think he's a human trafficker because the BBC told me. Oh, the, B the BBC told you? Oh, well, it must be true. Clown world, clown world. It is no longer safe to be a man on any level. So when you ask me, because I like to go back to previous points we made. I think it's nice to be cyclical. You asked me about the fact that, am I afraid they're gonna put a bullet in my head? They're gonna put a bullet in our head. Do you understand? At least I get to die first. At least they remember my name. If we all have to jump off the cliff, at least I get to go first. Wait, wait, lads. Well, Andrew Tate went first. Cause we're all gonna die. The only way to stay alive as a man now is to not be a man anymore. To be a chick and be afraid. Cause men are little cowards. Oh, don't kill me. No, okay. Pronouns. It is gay. There, homophobic, it's gay, and I refuse. I refuse, I refuse absolutely. Just shoot me or put me back in jail. It's fine, I refuse. Until the day I'm gonna drive my Ferrari around, I'm gonna say whatever I want. That's what's gonna happen. I don't, give, I don't care anymore, put me in jail.
Put me back in jail. I don't care. I worked out something that's actually very fantastic for everyone at home who's worried about going to jail. To all the men at home, because they're going to come for all of us if you have any kind of opinion or you tell your girlfriend not to sleep with other men somehow that makes you controlling. If you go to jail, you can still smoke, which means there's nothing the government can really do to you that prevents you from getting cigarettes. Cigarettes is life, is it? I mean, cup of coffee, cigarette, push-ups, that's jail. That's life. That's all I do. I'm a billionaire. That's all I basically do. Train, smoke, talk cool. to my brother. Yeah. This is it's, it's the same. At least I'll be in the gulag with a pure heart and a pure soul. You know? I'll be in the gulag looking out the window at all these other men walking around in freedom and they'll feel sorry for me and I'll feel sorry for them. But no, because you're not free. You know this cigar thing though? Yeah. Like, because obviously I have a lot of mutual connections with you. Like, it just seems like you're sort of sucking a dick and you're just like the ego. No, 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 sir. <laughs> I mean, like, I can't. I, I'll actually talk I, about the cigar. I have to smile in photos. I know that's like sacrilege. No, 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 and, no. And I can't smoke cigars. I just can't. I understand that. And, and let, let me talk about the cigar thing. For what am I missing? Well, I do believe that nicotine is very good for you. That might be a controversial belief. I think it actually, I think science has agreed that nicotine overall is pretty good for you. It's the delivery vehicle that can be bad for you, smoking. But I've seen into the future. I don't get cancer. I'm Andrew Tate. That's just not the way it's going to work. So I'm not scared of that. So I do believe that there's massive health benefits to smoking. However, I don't think... Is that think why you smoke them? Because there's massive health benefits? They make me stronger, yeah. Before, like, before I spar at the house, like before we're going to do 12 rounds of fighting, I'll have a, a cigar to power me up, of course. <laughs> really? 100%. It's all on video. So yeah, I do believe smoking makes me stronger. However, I will argue this point. I do think it is the juxtaposition of things. That do makes them interesting. Do you think? Do you think? Do you feel responsible for saying that? Bear in mind, probably a lot of people are now going to smoke forty a day before doing. Getting well, the well this, is what, this is the point I'm going to go into. Yeah, okay. I think it's the juxtaposition of things that make them interesting. So, if, if someone wants to start smoking cigars because of me, I would argue, which would be a lot of people. Well, well, then if they don't look like I do, they're a fool. The reason me smoking a cigar is cool is because I'm in better physical condition than most Olympic athletes. I look better than most Olympic athletes. I'm on zero steroids, zero drugs of any kind. I take zero protein powders. I don't take creatine, nothing. I eat steak. I smoke cigars. I drink coffee. That's what I do. Do you know one of your best friends called me gay for ordering broccoli? I have nothing against broccoli. No, but he called me gay. Should have punched him in the face. I should have done. <laughs> He's an ex-UFC fighter. So oh, I, oh, I think I know who you yeah, mean. Yeah, you do. I know who you mean. <laughs> um, but if you're in fantastic physical condition and you smoke cigars, it's cool. If you're fat and out of shape and smoke cigars, it's not cool. Mm. So I think it's the juxtaposition of things that make it Context. I, yeah, it's yeah. context. Like I, I smoke a big fat cigar, but I also look like an Olympic, Olympic athlete. If I lost all my physical conditioning and lost my body and lost my prowess, would I stop smoking? Yes. So I guess to smoke cigars, you should earn it. And if you start, if you can run a marathon like I could right now without, without anything, give me shoes, I'll run a marathon. If you can fight 15 rounds, if you can kick the shit out of people, then you can have a cigar, of course. I'm sure LeBron James or whatever can smoke a cigar. I'm sure Ronaldo can smoke a cigar. He's Ronaldo. But if you're not in that if you're not in that shape, then you shouldn't be smoking them. Mm. A cigar should be earned. Mm. So I'm allowed because I'm superhumanly strong. I'm allowed because I'm a superhero. The last superhero, the current superhero of Earth for all the children is Andrew Tate. I am the superhero, so I'm allowed. And if you're not a superhero, you're not allowed. There, I fixed all right. it. Done. Done. Officialized. Officialized. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I, I think, but I do think smoking's good for you overall. Okay. So when we were talking before I came out here, you said you were pissed off with yourself because there's things you really wanted to say and you didn't or couldn't say them, whether it was lawyer's advice or, yeah. and you said to me, I'm gonna say them to you, Rob. Yeah. What are those things? You know what's interesting? 
I don't think it's necessarily the things I say. I think it's the way I think them. For a while, a lot of people think I'm crazy. They don't realize I'm actually heavily sanitized myself. Like I have sentences in my head that I've had to deconstruct and reconstruct into a sanitized manner. Most people are not ready for me to say things the way I truly think. And I've been, so far, being a bit more open than I've had to be. And I also want people at home who are watching this to appreciate the risk I'm taking even doing a podcast. Like, in my legal situation, I'm not supposed to be talking to anybody about anything. PR, lawyers, everyone sit and say, Andrew, just shut up until you get out of this. But that's what they want me to do. It's maybe I'm, let me self-analyze. You can be my psychotherapist. And what were you pissed off about yourself? Because No, I'm pissed off because maybe part of me, I don't know if it's the masculine essence or I don't know if it's the childishness. You know when someone says, don't touch that ball, I grab it. So you know when you come out of jail and they're like, don't do podcasts, <laughs> don't make fun of the police, don't tell them you won't shut up, don't say women can't park. Andrew, it's very important, don't. You're like, shit. <laughs> and you think about it. <laughs> I, there's definitely a part of that in me. I don't know if I'm childish. I don't know if I'm... I don't think it's arrogance. I think also there's a masculine essence to it. Don't tell me what to do. So I'm pissed off because I'm, I'm very constrained. Uh, for a year and a half, my life has been constrained. And by extension, the things I can say have been constrained. And not only the things I can say, but the way I say them has been constrained. And I feel very frustrated with that. It's very frustrating. But I'm, I'm so start- I, So I'm constrain yourself right here, right? I'm, now. Well, I am, and I'm doing my best, but I'm trying to also be diligent because I would like to delay my return to the dungeon. It wasn't a particularly fun time. It wasn't a nice place to be. I've accepted I'll, I'll go back. I think that's the best mental model to have. I can either be pleasantly surprised or correct. Two good options. Mm. But um, I'm trying to delay it. But it is annoying to see certain things and think certain things and have certain observations because that means they're winning. Why did they do this to me? To shut me up. So if I shut up even 5%, they've won. I'm letting my enemies win. Do you mm. understand how that hurts my, my soul? Yeah, because there's still things here you're not saying. I can sense it. Yeah, and, but then you have to understand that perhaps... Well, now you know the consequences of saying that. It's not even the consequences. Perhaps the most intelligent thing for me to do with my masterful Aikido is to just continue to coil the spring and to allure to certain ideals or to give, to give whispers of certain truths that I know. And then everybody becomes ultra interested and the spring continues to coil. And then if I finally do escape, perhaps that's the smartest thing to do. <laughs> is escape possible though? Right. That's a good question. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting. What is law? What someone decided who has more power than someone else. Yeah. So it's a personal opinion. Because if law... Well, there's a universal law which you can't break and there's a human law which are manipulatable and breakable. Ah, I love that. And you're completely right. And these human laws, the reason you need lawyers and judges and stuff to, to decipher them is because they're subjective. What is law? It's just someone in a room. It's kind of interesting. The whole world works that way. What is education? Someone in a room deciding something. What is government? Someone in a room deciding something. What is a company? Someone in a room giving orders. What is law? Someone in a room. Who's in that room? What did they decide? What even is any of this? All of it is so subjective. It's all smoke and mirrors. So it is a very interesting experience because I actually, I'm going to give some credit to the Romanian state. With some of the decisions I've seen in the West now, I feel like I have a fairer shot in a Romanian court than I would in an American court. Like what? I think Trump just had to pay $90 million to some woman who lied. 
something insane. So with all this, then you start to go down the rabbit. Okay, so which courts are fair? So do you think you'd be more fucked if you're in the UK with, people, with what's going on with Russell Brand and people like that? Well, the UK government hates me. They talk about me in, in Parliament. Members of Parliament stand up. Well, I mean, say, they tried to ban you from the entire school system, didn't they? That's right. They stand up. Members of Parliament stand up and say, I'm public enemy number one. Not the knife crime, not the stabbings, not the robberies, not the drug dealers, not the Range Rovers that go missing 10 times a night. No. Andrew Tate said women can't park. So put him in jail. So then you have to ask yourself, well, if members of Parliament hate me and talk about me in question time, would I get a fair chance in a UK court? Do you think I'd get a fair shot? I, want, I think that's why you're in Romania, personally. Well, then, who told Romania to do this to me? So you don't think Romania is doing this to you? The rabbit hole is deep. <laughs> Whispers of the truth. The coiled spring for the big explosion. The big explosion of... I want to push you, but I don't, because I respect the fact that you're giving me a lot of time. Yeah. Um, but I've got to do my fucking job, haven't I? Oh, absolutely. But I'm just saying that you, you, when you end up in a position like mine, you realize how subjective all of this stuff is. Well, life is, isn't it? Well, life is, but it's kind of funny because people have said to me, but Andrew, you're innocent. You have a lawyer. I'm like, are you, are you dumb? Like, they think a lawyer, innocence. They think these have anything to do with a matrix attack. It doesn't matter if you're a lawyer. It doesn't matter if you're innocent. It doesn't matter what the law says. That has nothing to do with a matrix attack. And at a certain level, the judicial system just becomes a play. Maybe if you're insignificant, you're a nobody. But if I walk, there are massive repercussions for countries, for federal agencies. There's repercussions that span the globe if Andrew Tate walks from this matrix attack. So then you have to sit down and decide. If you were in charge of all this, would you rather the reputation of a country and the reputation of its federal agency be decimated, or would you rather one man do a couple years? What makes more sense? Because the world's not fair. Life's not fair. There is no justice besides God's. None of it's real, right? So then you have to also understand. So, so just quick, sorry, just jump in. You say that like it's their fault, but you also own that everything you said brought you here. So what, which is it? Are you responsible for you going to jail for everything you said, or are they responsible for being the matrix and trying to control you? Well, that's a good question, but I will answer. I'm responsible because that's my mental model for everything. Whether I am truly completely responsible or not is a different debate. However, my mental model is every single thing that happens to me is my fault, all of it. If it rains, it's my fault. That's how much control I want over my life because if it's not my fault, I don't have control over it. If you want to absolve responsibility, then you absolve authority over it. And that's what a lot of men make the biggest mistake. Oh, it wasn't my fault. Well, now you can't fix it. So it's my fault. Mm. It's my fault. I didn't have to be so devilishly handsome. <laughs> they, you can't help that, but you I, can't help what you say. Well, you can't but, help how you But there's also a huge, and I'll make this very clear, there is a huge degree of jealousy wrapped up in this matrix attack. If I was some short little dork and broke and said the same things, nobody would care. But because I remind these nerds of the guy who picked on them in school, because I'm big and tall and strong and smart and women love me and I have a Bugatti and a bunch of cars and hundreds of millions of dollars of property and a private jet and a yacht, because I live the dream life of every man, a bunch of people are pissed off at me and they want to put me in jail. Of course, there's a huge degree of that. I didn't have to be so monumentally successful and brash, but I decided to be. So I take responsibility for all of it. And also I'm not a perfect person. If I go to jail for this garbage, which I know I've done nothing wrong, but I do know I have done things wrong in my life. So all in all, fair enough. Me and my brother kept saying that to each other in jail. All in all, fair enough. You know, we're here for some garbage. Complete garbage, yes. But when we were 19 and we were drinking WKDs in Liquid Nightclub and that guy bumped into us 
and we were a bit drunk and he ran his mouth and we took his teeth out. Was that necessary? Really? Or were we young and stupid? We were young and stupid and we hurt some guy bad. So all in all, cosmic justice put me with the cockroach. Whatever. I'm not a perfect person. I'm also not a coward. I'm not afraid. Yeah, it would be shit, but I'll get stories. I'll come out and do podcasts. Woo. What, what, what am I supposed to do? So I'll take responsibility for it. But I also understand why there's people in rooms right now sitting there frustrated that I'm not in jail because these people are analyzing my life forensically. And they're like, damn, I, I, I'll never be him. I will never have a fraction of his capability or his finance. The way these women stick up for him and adore him, my wife would never stick by me like that. I hate him. I, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah, and, we, and that's my fault for being so... Why, why do people hate things that they see in others that they actually want themselves? Well, I think that envy is designed to motivate, but the Matrix has taken envy and mm. it's corrupted it. So I, I've always been... I've told this story on other podcasts before, but I've been an envious person. I've told this story because it was so pertinent to me about how most people don't care. I was walking to school. I was walking to sixth form college in Luton. I was 16, 17 years old. And I used to have to walk about an hour each day to school and it was raining and I was walking. And I was walking with three of my friends in a Ferrari. It was an F430, I think, pulled up at the- That was at my the first Ferrari, that yeah. was. <laughs> yeah. Pulled up at the lights, made a bunch of noise and I was standing there and I watched it. And then the light went green and <laughs> tore off. And I said to my friends, I was like, bro, how do we get Ferraris? And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, my mom is on a council estate, single mother. She raises three kids on 300 pounds a month. I can, we can barely afford food. He has 200 grand for a car, liquid for a car. Something is broken. None of the teachers at school have Ferraris. None of the, our university professors have Ferraris. No one else I know has a Ferrari. What do we have to do to break the matrix and, and find the money? This is all a lie. I want a Ferrari. And my friends were like, mm, don't know. That's why I have Ferraris. Wrong friends. Well, no, that's why I have Ferraris and they don't. That's why I now have 33 Ferraris. Because I wanted, I was envious. I was envious of this man. Most people don't care. But you turned envy into learning how to figure it out. Well, I, turned, yeah. I turned envy into anger and anger is power. But what we have people doing now, because people are, because they don't believe in themselves, because the matrix has dampened their soul when they feel envious, because they want to level the playing field, which is all envy is. Instead of trying to elevate themselves, they try and drag others down. So when people look at my life and they're envious of me, what they should say is, he's truly from the most humble possible socioeconomic beginnings. He is a person of color from a council estate, a single mother household. He is the bracket of criminal human trafficking. He's at the bottom and he made it up to the highest echelon. He's on the phone with Elon Musk and he's a billionaire. If he can do it, I can do it. But they don't believe in themselves. So what they do instead is, well, I want to level the playing field, so I've got to drag him down. And they do that primarily through character assassination. Well, he has all these things, but he's a bad person. I'm a good person. And it's the matrix, so they don't believe in themselves anymore. So envy, when you're trying to drag others down, is actually, it's just laziness. Because you feel envious, but you don't have enough fire about yourself to go out there and attack the world and equal the playing field with vigor. So you want to equal the playing field with by dragging someone else down. It's just laziness. Lazy people act that way. People who are not lazy would see me as an inspiration. But inspiration is only envy. That's all it is. Mm. So I think humans are designed to be envious. And I think the correct mental model for envy is inspiration. And the incorrect mental model for envy is going to be attempting to attack someone's character. And I think, I guess, I guess it's a survival mechanism. If you see your opponent has three rocks and you only have two, you want four. Otherwise, you're going to lose. 
Is that why you have 59 cars? Well, in case I might have to race, my friend. You, know, I... <laughs> you, you said you only drive four of them. I've only got seven, but they're all in the garage at the same time. Broken! No, I'm, I'm, joking. Joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. No, no but you know what? The, the I funny bet most of you're in a circle. I haven't got as many cars as I have. Oh, no, you're completely right. Yeah. And, 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 and but they all go wrong all the fucking time, and only one or two of them actually want to drive. Correct. And it's funny, because I have so many of the same car. Like, I have three SF90s. All three of them currently have a warning light. I have four 765s. Only one of them's working. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, so, yeah, yeah, it's a nightmare. And then you've lost it for a month because it's got to go back to the garage. And then it's a 25 grand bill for a fucking Correct. gearbox you don't need. Correct. It's yeah. a, it is a nightmare. The reason I buy so many cars is because I'm passionate about cars. And I guess you say I'm very hard on myself, but I like to spoil myself with cars because I can't think of another way to spoil myself. Clothes. Okay, you buy a wardrobe of clothes. How many clothes do you want? Diamond watches. Okay, I had 30 diamond watches. Boring. Let me ask you about that. Sorry what's there, what's there to buy? Besides cars, please, you're another very high net worth individual. Please correct me because I buy a new car every week and I'm because I'm bored. What else is, am I supposed to buy with all my money? Yeah, cars, watches, clothes, assets. Asset, but assets is work. Experiences are great, but I'm locked in Romania. Mm. Just buy cars. There's nothing else to do. I bought like 40 cars since I got out of jail. There's nothing, 30 cars, whatever. Is they this took my like car a, collection. Have you bought a lot since coming out of jail? Oh, yeah. They, they, so I is this a reaction to it? It's like, you know, it's funny. When they raided my house, the first thing the police said is, where's the Bugatti? First words. It's almost like the Romanian state just wanted to steal money. Interesting. Anyway, back to jail. Um, when they raided my house, I have a safe. And I have all my diamond watches in a safe on a spoolie. And it's bulletproof glass and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, open the safe. And I was like, well, what happens if I don't? Mr. Ski Mask with the shotgun. He says, well, you're going to jail. So it doesn't matter if it takes us three months with a chainsaw. We're getting in that safe. And we're going to destroy your house while we... And I was like, well, that's a pretty valid... <laughs> time is the fire in which we all burn, including a safe. I mean, it can hold someone out for a certain amount of time. Mm. And I'm sure with months of yeah. time, they'd get in. So I opened the safe and they took all my watches. I had 30 diamond watches in the collection. And so what, millions of pounds worth? Millions of pounds, yeah. yeah. And my first phone call from jail. I think that's the universe of... The universe's way of saying, don't ruin a fucking nice watch with all those fucking diamonds. Ruin? What do you mean? But you've got a lovely Patek Nautilus there. Correct, yeah. And you're like... You think it's ruined? Yeah. Keep it natural. No, you know what, like, you, you know what this is? That, that's like a woman plastered with cosmetic surgery. Brother, this, this, is, this is just because I'm happy. You don't understand. <laughs> no, I don't. The icing, we I have, don't get We it. have powers. Maybe you can educate me. <laughs> like... You need some, some dance hall. So uh, <laughs> when, they took, when they took all my watch collection, the first phone call I made from jail was to a friend of mine in Dubai. And I said, I want them all again. Call X. He'll pay the bill. $11 million. I want them all again. So I got duplicates of them all made again. Because I slept better in bed knowing that I had them all again. made. And now they're all made in Switzerland in a safe. All made. If I get them back from decal, that'd be fantastic. Then I have two of everyone. Maybe I can wear one diamond watch on each dress. <laughs> That'll piss you off. Yeah, that will piss you Yeah, there we go. You fucking ruined the lovely one. Don't worry, I have the one on each wrist. But, um, <laughs> what about doing that to yeah. me? Yeah. There's nothing else to do with money. That's the reason I buy cars. There's yeah. literally nothing else to do. People have this idea that if they got rich, they'd buy all this stuff. But truthfully, what do you need? You need a phone and a laptop. You need a place to live. That's life. Mm. And then uh, you buy, you have some clothes, you have some watches, and you have some cars, and that's it. There's literally nothing else to buy, so I just buy them all because mm. I'm doing okay. That's mm. why. And seven cars is actually a very responsible, sensible number of cars it to is. have. Yeah. You're a very responsible, sensible man. I don't know I want any more. I think, okay. um, like, t for me, too many women, I couldn't fucking handle 11 wives. I can't handle one. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, seven's a good number. It is. And, and yeah, I guess I'm just... Uh, 
shouldn't say irresponsible, it's the wrong word. Are you a hedonist? No, I don't think I am. But I don't know if you think. So you don't that. seek any pleasure from it. It's not like. I spoil myself with cars. Right. I, I feel yeah. like I, if I'm going to go through all this stress and all this pain. So it's a representation of your self-worth of yourself. I feel unworthy and I want to reward myself. I just feel, I, I, you know what? I don't even drive them. I just, I like, I think what I think, it, if I have to analyze it, what I truly think it is, I think it's because it's most men's dream. Most men's dream is a Lamborghini, let's say. And they have to save and they have to finance it and work out how they're going to pay for it. And they have to get the garage for it. And it's a big deal. So by me trivializing that big deal, it highlights to me the echelon of my life. If I walk into a car dealer and say, what have you, what have you got right now? Oh, this and this, okay. Don't ask the price, don't, don't care what it is, don't care what it costs, and pay for it. And then leave it at the dealership for four months before eventually it collects on a truck, because I never even pick it up, and it goes into some storage unit somewhere. It's like I get other people's dreams with ease. I take their dream scenario and I trivialize it. And to just, yeah, okay, I don't even want it. And I think that that's what I enjoy about it. It's kind of like... <laughs> that is hedonistic. Like, well, it's kind of like a man's in love with a supermodel. <clears throat> oh, I love the supermodel and he writes on her Instagram. And oh, These dudes, this, this is real. A man's in love with a girl on Instagram. She's got three million followers and she's beautiful. And he's liking her posts and writing underneath it. And he's inboxing her and she's not replying. And he's obsessed with her. And I'm like, yeah, okay, coffee. Fine, Tuesday. Do I really want to talk to her? No. But this man wants it so bad that I have to make it so ridiculously easy. I guess it's kind of like a peacock putting up his feathers, you know? Or a lion saying, don't come near my territory. Don't come near my tree or I'll, or I'll annihilate you. It's the same in a fiscal stance. So I just take other people's dreams and I reduce them to nothing, to dust. And then I put it in storage. And then I forget that I even have the car most of it until I'm reminded it needs a service. And then I'm annoyed I have it. Well, that's a headache. And then it gets serviced. Then it goes back in storage. I just, I just take other, maybe I'm a dream catcher. I take other people's dreams, take them all, put them in a big warehouse, a tape warehouse. And then uh, these people get mad at it. Some people, some people listen to this and are inspired by it. Some people get mad. And those are the two camps. The ones who believe I shouldn't be in jail and the ones who rejoice when I go to jail. The ones who rejoice when I go to jail, though, don't understand a very important part of this whole equation is that jail makes me stronger. Well, I was just going to say, they don't understand the balanced upside of going to jail because everything has a balanced upside there's no light so they think it, exactly they think it's bad and you're getting all the good from it oh absolutely yeah they're like oh he went to jail ha 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 yeah. but it makes me a stronger version of myself i build mental resilience more people talk about my case i become more famous than ever before oh for your fame jail was the best fucking thing for you end of all i did they, they just did you a massive favor thank you have you seen star wars no, no. oh okay oh, well i'll say it then but there's a there's a scene where one of the Jedi's, Obi-Wan Kenobi, is fighting the evil Darth Vader, and he yeah. puts his lightsaber up, and he goes, strike me down, I will become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. And that's exactly what happened to you. You became far more powerful because they struck you down. Absolutely. So they fucked themselves. Well, exactly. There's no light without dark. But a lot of that isn't luck. A lot of that is will also... You, will you watch that Star Wars scene now? I, I, I will never watch Star Wars in my life. Not even for me. I can't. <laughs> you got I, made a, I made a tweet about it that went very viral a few years ago. About how I've never package. seen Star Wars. Right. You didn't know about this tweet? No. I said I've never seen Star Wars ever and everyone tells me I need to watch it, which means I'm going to refuse to watch I it. I don't think you need to watch it. You just need to watch that scene because you can put yourself in the scene. I'll see if I can <laughs> fit it in the schedule yeah. among the wives. <laughs> but uh, but my, jail making me more powerful wasn't luck. If, if the average person is sitting here going, ah, oh, they put Andrew in jail, that's why he's famous. Well, then you're a fool. Because 
if the average person goes to jail, they don't come out famous. No, cause and effect. You it's, caused it. You, yeah. you make your own luck. Mm. You have to make your own luck in all things. The fact I called it in advance was important. The fact I managed to stay relevant while I was in jail was important. The fact that I operated in a way when I was in jail that I came out with stories was important. Please understand, I made mass murderers apologize to me. Please understand, if I bumped into someone or someone bumped into me, I said, sorry, and they didn't say anything. I said, brother, I said, sorry to you. People who would kill people. So the way I conduct myself is the reason I came out of jail with certain stories. The reason I left jail and I'm not financially destitute like they intended. When you put someone in jail for three months and then lock them in their house for five months, they can't work. When you seized all their bank accounts and all the assets they can find, and then you put them in jail for three months, then five months on house arrest, they can't leave their house. The goal of that is to financially decimate you. The fact that I'm still buying brand new supercars once a week is the reason jails made me famous. No one can work out how I'm doing it. And I'll say it here. And the people in that dark room are like, go find it, find the money. Did it, did it make Where's you, the money? Did it make you better at managing or moving your money, being in jail, having to move and manage your money? Well, I was, I was prepared for a matrix attack from the beginning, but I guess now, it's, I've been to the test and I've been okay. I've always understood that anything you have in your name, you don't own. Mm. And, and, and anything you think you own is just a piece of paper. And all the judge has to do is stamp another piece of paper and you don't own it anymore. So, own, so no, I, own nothing, control everything. That's the goal. Mm. So I was prepared for all this. So jail made me famous, yes, because I was prepared for it. Well, you'd already made yourself famous before jail. Co completely, but yeah. also if, if I had left jail mentally broken and financially broken, it wouldn't have made me more famous. So, and, and physically broken, because all those three things could have happened. Please understand, I was in 24 hour a day lockdown. My cell was half the size of this room and I didn't leave. I didn't get a gym. I didn't come out looking all scrawny. I didn't get good nutrition. I didn't get good food. I had, most people in there had mental health problems. If I would have come out there all skinny and mentally broken, then it would have been game over. Mm. So there's, there's also a degree of my competence in all things. But the people who laugh at me going to jail don't understand that there's no light without dark and I'm an expert, I guess, if you were to say one of my skills is my, I'm an expert at being hard on myself. And if life's going to be hard on me, I'm going to Aikido that into power. I would believe I'm a stronger version of myself post jail. And if you put me back, I'll emerge stronger than ever before. Send me to jail. Fine. Send me to jail. <laughs> right now, I'll go. <laughs> I'm not going to fight. Put me in handcuffs. Send me to jail. The day you let me out, I'll be a stronger version of the day I went in. So what do I have to fear? Because if you truly want an exceptional life, this is one of the mistakes a lot of people make. They want an exceptional life, but they only want the exceptional good because they're cowards. They're like, I want a lot of money and fast cars. Cool. You don't want the exceptional stress. You want the exceptional car collection. You don't want the exceptional stress. You want to be me when I'm flying my Bugatti on an A380 and I'm in first class Emirates and my Bugatti's below me and I'm filming it for Take Confidential. You want that, but you don't want to be me when I'm in a Romanian dungeon. But there is no light about it. If you want the exceptional good, you're going to have the exceptional bad. That is a law of the universe that mm. can't be broken. That is not human law. That's universal law. Yes. So if you're sitting at home saying, I want an exceptional life, then you have to be prepared for both the good and the bad. Because if you're not prepared for the bad, what's going to happen on your ascent to good? As you begin to get anywhere, something will happen, some degree of stress or whatever, and it's going to derail you, and you're never going to get to the highest echelon. So I've always been ready for the bad. I'm totally prepared for the bad. I was made in the dark, molded by it. I'm Bane. Put me in the bad. My whole life's been bad. My whole life's been terrible. I, I've, I've, I've known nothing but pain. So I, I don't care. And, and I'm not going to lie to you. Part of me truly hopes I go back. Because I know when I'm 80, if I make it that long, those years, okay, they dropped the case. What were those years spent doing? I make beautiful children with beautiful women. I drive beautiful cars. I stay in beautiful hotels. I fly on my beautiful private, nice 
cooler. Maybe the story would be a bit cooler. Am I crazy? Maybe the story's cooler. Maybe. Maybe. And I kind of like that it's up to God. I'm going to do my very best to not go to jail. Of course, I'm a, I'm a responsible adult. But if I lose this Matrix attack, let's imagine it's all been set up for me. It's all designed to destroy my influence. And they've realized my influence is not being destroyed. And they've realized I'm not going to shut up. And I haven't learned my lesson. And I'm still here running my mouth. And they're going to put me back in the dungeon for five years, six years, seven years, eight years, ten years. When I'm older, that'd be a cool story, wouldn't it? Mm. What's the point of being alive if you haven't got a story? Yeah. So I kind of like it's up in the air. It's a coin flip. Heads is good. Tails is good. Mm. It is what it is. I'm not afraid. Mm. And I refuse to be. Because that's what they want. Mm. They want me to be afraid. They want me to not smile. And they want me to shut up. So I refuse. I'm stubborn. <laughs> you know you're converting to Islam. Yeah. Was that kind of like a PR stunt? Absolutely not. I think that it is the last religion on earth. If you believe in God, you're a Muslim. What's a Christian? Well, what's a, what's a Muslim? What's any other religious belief? If you do not have strong parameters because of your religious belief, then you're not religious. And Christians no longer have strong parameters. Everyone says they're a Christian. Nobody acts like a Christian. I don't respect it anymore. And that's why I had to revert to Islam. I was raised in a Christian household. My family's actually extremely religious. I live in a very Christian nation. But I don't see Christianity. This is the most Christian nation on earth. And you do see it. If I drive into the mountains, you'll see nuns. There's nunneries. They have huge churches here. You can see it a little bit. Can feel the Christian aspect to it. But in general, if you look at most Christian countries in the West, it's insane. A man just got charged with a hate crime for removing the head of a devil statue that Satanists had put inside a church. And he took the head off it. And he is being charged with a hate crime. Him, in a Christian country. And you don't talk about Christianity. Well, no, I don't. Oh, well, there you go. Christianity has lost all of its merits as a religion. If you do not have strong parameters of what is right and what is wrong, and if you're afraid to say them, go to a Christian and say, is homosexuality allowed? Do you agree with it? And they're going to pussyfoot around the question. They're going to say, well, you people can make their own choices. God loves everyone. The Bible says no. The Quran says no. You're a homophobe. The Quran says no. Done. I'm not going to be part of a religion or adhere to a religion that doesn't have strict beliefs. Because then it's not a religion anymore. If you tolerate everything, you stand for nothing. So there's only Islam left. Now, I'm not going to insult Christians. I believe that there's one God. This theory of mine might get me in trouble with Muslims alone. Uh, Muslims also. I don't know if this, this is just how I view it. I believe there's one God and I believe the different religions are perhaps different languages to say the same thing. You can say coffee cup in German, you can say coffee cup in English, but it's still a coffee cup. There are different ways to say the same things. But, the, but Islam is so much stricter, it's so much more respectable, you can feel it. So if you truly believe in God, I don't see how you could not want to be a Muslim. I don't see how you can feel any pride in being a Christian. And that's why I reverted. Not because I'd always believed in God, but I just found the language that made the most sense to me. And I don't see any other language that makes sense anymore. I feel like it's a very easy choice for anyone who truly believes in God. Mm. And, and if you don't believe in God, in the world we're currently in, then I don't know what's wrong with you. Because God is the only one who can fix this mess. So you better start believing, because you're going to need him. And I guarantee... But can't you have faith in yourself and your ability? No. Why not? Because we're all human and we're all fallible. And it only takes a judge with a stamp, as I can tell you to end your, your capabilities here on earth. We're going to need God to fix this mess because we're going to need a global awakening of consciousness. We need people to realize they've been lied to from head to toe. We need paradigms to break. And when paradigms break, things often get chaotic and messy and wars come before a new paradigm is installed. Isn't that just the rise and fall of empires? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and we have to hope that new paradigm being installed is better than the old one. 
And what we need, once again, is for people to love each other and care about their community and care about their children and care about one another. And if that's not God, tell me what is. We need God more than ever. You can't replace God with anything else. You can't replace it with money. You can't replace it with government. And you also need God to inspire bravery. If you don't believe in God, how can you be brave in the face of assassination? It's only God. If I had to go into the cage and fight a man, and one was an atheist, and one truly believed that Allah had decided that he was going to destroy me, I know who I'd choose to fight. I'd fight the atheist all day long. Mr. Evolution, cool, I'll fight him. There's, there's, you're going to need faith in God to win this war, because it's only faith in God that's going to make you say, no, I believe in X. I love my family. I love where I live. God wants me to tell the truth and stand up for what is right, despite the fact that I am persecuted for it. We need more God. Why are all the people in charge of the world trying to get rid of God if he's not their enemy? That's the only thing they fear. The only thing they fear is people waking up and saying, no, this is wrong. It is morally wrong. And for that reason, we refuse. They don't want that. No, they want to make everything subjective. Islam, especially Christianity, used to be. It removes the subjectiveness. You know what's right, you know what's wrong. And for anyone who also doesn't believe in God, if these religions are man-made, why do they go against the wills of men? A lot of them. If, if we're gonna make man-made religions, why don't the religions tell us to do all the things we want to do and run around and sin? No, so we, we need God. And I think that he is our last hope at this point. I think the world is very fundamentally broken and the demons operate in the shadows and truth is light and God is truth. And I think the more you speak the truth, the closer you're gonna to become to God. And that's why I feel good inside if I sit here and tell the truth. Even if I know that someone's gonna watch this podcast in one of those darkened rooms and have new ammunition to put me back in my jail cell. I know that. I know they're gonna put it in front of a judge and they're gonna play the clip of when I'm laughing about the room and they're gonna say, look, he thinks it's all a joke. And they're gonna put me back in jail. But I believe in God, yeah, I'm crazy. <laughs> Let's lighten this up. Sure. We've got this new round. So you're gonna be episode 1000 on our show. Nice. Yeah, which I think is great. Cool. Um, and we've never done this round before. Um, so it's a new round. And I especially wanted to do it for you because I think for you it's going to be the hardest but the easiest. Nice. So it's a one-word answer round. One-word answer. <laughs> yeah, so put that in your cigar and smoke it. Um, so I'm going to say a word. Yeah. And if you can, one word. And, of course, if you want to break that rule, you can break that rule. But I'm looking for one word. So what comes into your mind first when I say war? Profit. LGBTQ+. Plus. Satanists. How you feel about women? Protective. Misogyny. I, I don't prescribe to that paradigm. That's a difficult to answer. I, I don't think it's real. I think if you're perceptive, I'm breaking the rule. <laughs> well, that was it, obvious you were going to do that. <laughs> if you are a realist, you can be called lots of things by extension. If you are a realist, some of your opinions will make you be called a misogynist. If you are a realist, some of your opinions will, be make you, will make them call you homophobic. If you are a realist, you will sit and say, if a man breaks into my house, I must defend my woman because she can't fight. Some people will call that misogynistic. If you are a realist, you'll say that homosexuals can't have children and that they should be raised by a man and a woman. That would be, make you be called homophobic. So when you say misogynist, I will counter that and say, no, I am a realist and I refuse to adhere to the matrix propaganda. So one word that comes to mind when I say the UK. Failed. I knew it begin with F. <laughs> the BBC. Propaganda. Piers Morgan. He's honest. No, that's the wrong word. He's, he's transparent. I'm going to expand on that. Mm. Piers holds no views. Piers is the opposite of what you believe. And he comes at you with it every single time. If you believe the sky is blue, he believes the sky is green. If you believe the sky is green, he believes the sky is blue. 
I don't think he tries to stab you in the back. He attempts to stab you in the chest, and it is his goal to start an argument to get as many views as possible by disagreeing with everything you say. That's what Piers Morgan does. I know what he's going to do. I made a fool of him, so it's fine. That's Piers Morgan head to toe. I don't think he truly believes half the things he says. No, I don't think he believes anything he says. I don't think he believes anything. I think he just waits to hear you say something and argues with you about it. Kind of like a chick. Next. <laughs> One word comes to mind, Donald Trump. Hero. He's our last hope. I'm gonna expand on this. Donald Trump is the last hope of Western civilization. He can't stop the decay, but he can slow it down. If he doesn't win, it's over. If Trump doesn't win, it is over, game over, because the circumstances around him not winning are gonna be insane. And the degree of, I'm thinking, because this is the stuff that's gonna get me assassinated. There's no way Donald Trump can't win unless something happens. And if something happens, we're gonna see not only a breakdown in faith of the systems, but you're also gonna see a whole huge degree of cope from the people who you'd think would be up in arms about it. And over the weeks and months post his loss, they're just gonna talk big and do nothing, and it's gonna be a bunch of cope, and they're gonna end up adhering to the matrix and the money, and when they get the phone calls, they're gonna get scared, and it's all gonna fall apart. And I think that Western civilization as a whole will genuinely collapse if Donald Trump doesn't. I think it's gonna be within a few months of his loss, it's over, because there's no way he'll fairly lose an election. There is no way. One word answer for depression. I think it's a choice. We'll say choice. Christianity. Failed. Rob Moore. Handsome. <laughs> there you go. All right.